Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Vet Struggle. We're here today with uh, Rabbi Bam Rubenstein himself. Uh, if you've ever been to one of the IW hikes, I'm sure you've seen them. If you don't know what IW is, I suggest you go check them out. It's Irreverent Warriors. You can check them out at irreverentwarriors.com. Just to give you a quick little glimpse of what uh, The Vet Struggle is, if you haven't checked us out or if you don't know anything about us, we're a digital media, uh, and I don't really know how to classify it but uh, we have a bunch of different variations of what we do so as time progresses on you might see different content coming from uh, different categories so maybe like a cooking channel or uh, entrepreneur channel Uh, we have a bunch of different stuff coming out pretty soon but as of right now um, this is for the vet struggle itself Uh, we're just kind of finding people that we think that are interesting people that we seem that uh, well, we've met just diff- random different people and, uh, we're just interviewing them, seeing what they have to say. Everyone's got a story and we, we kind of want to hear them. Oh shit, we take no shit. We got strength and numbers in this bitch. Oh shit. We take no shit. We got strength and numbers in this bitch. Oh shit. We take no shit. We got strength and numbers in this bitch. Pull up to the club quick. Got my engine roar playing thug shit. Oh shit. We take no shit. We got strength and numbers in this bitch. Oh shit. We take no shit. We got strength and numbers in this bitch. Oh shit. We take no shit. We got strength and numbers in this um, I'm going to let the rabbi himself introduce himself. I'm Bam Rubenstein. I'm 62 years old, born in New York. And, uh, and I think I have a pretty colorful upbringing. So this, I don't know how much of this you're actually going to want to air. Yeah, you can talk about whatever <laughs> you want, man. Um, I, I was ordained two years ago, a little bit less than two years ago. I, I, that that's a long time coming. So I always tell people that I was bam to you two years ago. So I'm bam today. It's like, <laughs> we, you know, we're all, you know, like we go to IW things and nobody says, Hey, Colonel, or, you know, Hey, whatever. You know, so it's no reason to say, Hey, rabbi, but people do anyway. I, I mean, I know it's a show of respect, but were you a Colonel? No, no, I'm saying oh. like to other people. No, 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 no. I worked when I was in the service. I was about to say I forgot to salute you, but <laughs> it's good to know. Uh, I always used to joke my ex-wife's father was the XO at uh, at Guantanamo Bay for a while. He was a naval officer, commander, I guess, because he was an XO at Gitmo. I, I guess so. And uh, I always goof on her that you know I worked or father just. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like that. Yeah, they usually don't. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. they'll get over it. Or you just get a divorce. Yeah, we did that too. We did. Yeah. I mean, I'm friends with her now. I think we all get a divorce if you're, I mean, the divorce rate in the military is extremely high. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's more unlikely if you meet somebody, they have at least one divorce under their belt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like we were talking about earlier, we all have the same things in common. Bad oh, yeah. backs, bad knees, divorces, drug histories, and PTSD. Oh, yeah. It's the drugs, man. They're, some <laughs> of them are just so good. <laughs> so, and then we have to put them down. So <laughs> and then we're just out here with life. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah, Life itself. Yeah, but then you find ways to make, uh, you make things interesting. But uh, tell me, I mean, so you're a, 
Well, we met our our other interview that we've done. Uh, that was with Deanna Wheeler. Um, she's a she grew up a little bit in Texas, but mostly she's a transplant from California. But uh, tell me more about this New York thing. Okay, uh, I was born in New York. Um, what borough? Queens. Yeah, uh, people don't usually know boroughs. They oh, usually yeah. say where it's Queens, Jackson Heights. So okay. yes, I'm a Mets fan. Oh, I know. I rough. Know, I know. So rough. Yeah. Feel sorry for me. <laughs> Been a Mets fan all my life. Isn't that terrible? And, you know, uh, even when we used to cut school, we used to go down to Shea Stadium, you know, and it was still there. And we used to it's a beautiful stadium. Yeah, it was. It was. It really was. And there was a hole in the fence in the back by the, by the, Oh, where the pitchers practice, what do they call that? Like, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, bullpen. Yeah. So we used to cl- sneak in by the bullpen and then climb into the bleachers and sit for the day games. Day games. A long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> so I grew up in New York. Now, it was, it was. I, I talked to my brother about this sometimes. I, I try to think back. And, and as we go on talking today, because of the things that have happened and the drugs and all that other stuff, I sometimes mix up the dates and the places. Like, it happened, but it might not have been the exact year that I'm thinking that it might have happened. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know if you mean, but I, maybe as we continue talking, that, yeah. that'll make more sense. I think some people call it sometimers. Uh, may, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I, I have it. Okay. All the oh, time, okay. yeah. So, I, I, like, these things happen, but maybe not exactly, you know. To give you an idea, I, uh, I did do a lot of drugs. When I got out, even when I got out of the military, I did a lot of drugs. And then I got involved in a guy, and he had me muling drugs across the United States. We used to fly out and fly back to Columbia on, like, these small airplanes to these airports ports that don't exist on on maps anywhere yeah and um i used to drive he used to get it i used to drive across the united states i used to make deliveries in different places and they used to bring back the money and uh we all got arrested about but i had gotten clean i had gotten clean in 1985 i stopped using i stopped dealing i stopped muling and i got clean i had hit a bottom by that time and a year and a half after I got clean, they arrested about 10 people. Some guy got busted, so to try to get himself out of the, you know, out of it, he ratted on everybody. So everybody that he knew, he named, and all of us got rounded up. So I was taken from Florida, where I was living at the time, uh, to Maryland to face a federal grand jury. And I remember the attorney general, the assistant attorney general who was, who was interviewing me at the time, had me on, on the stand. He was asking me questions, and I was telling him, I said, I, I believe you. He said, well, we have a picture of you. I believe you. I know you guys did your homework. I just don't remember it. I just don't remember. Why don't you remember? Uh, I, I think it must be because of all the drugs. I really don't know why, but I just don't remember. And, and it's funny because my lawyer, who's not – they don't allow lawyers in with you when you go on to, into the grand jury room. You know, you can, you can ask to speak to your lawyer, but he can't come in with you. And when I went out to talk to him, 
He said, it's the first time he's ever seen a transcript where the answer was because I did too many drugs. <laughs> so that was, that was in there. So I don't remember a lot of things sometimes. And it must be because of the drugs. And it's in a grand jury transcript, if, if you don't believe me. <laughs> but I grew up in New York, and I uh, did the things that we did in New York, you know, the streets. We played ball. We hung out. We went to school. And actually, I was kind of smart back then. You know, I, I don't know what happened to me over the years, but I skipped eighth grade. I went from seventh straight to ninth. And uh, I went to Bronx High School of Science, you know, one of those schools that you have to take a special test to get into. I used to joke that I cheated on it. That's how I got in. But <laughs> hey, you got to be smart to cheat somebody. <laughs> yeah. Be able to get away with it. What's he doing? No, but I, I got into Bronx Science. And uh, <laughs> I joke sometimes, too, that in my graduating class, I graduated in 1976 from Bronx High School of Science. In that class was Neil deGrasse Tyson, the famous well, physicist who... Was run, it really? Yeah, yeah. He was in wow. my class. He was in my class. And also the CEO for Regeneron, the pharmaceutical company that came up with the first COVID vaccine. Oh, yeah. The CEO was also in my class. Wow. So, like, everyone did so great from that, except me. <laughs> I mean, you me. did join the Air Force, so... And, and that was... That was interesting, too. I had gotten arrested a couple of times and my lawyer at one time said to me, look, maybe join the, you know, the, the military and uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. So it's like, Airman Rubenstein reporting as ordered. And he got me off. So but I, was, I was joining the air force. So he got me off. So, uh, so you're able to get out of most of that through by joining the air force. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Man, and that's... I became a firefighter in the Air Force, which changed a lot of the way I felt about things. You know, I was a smart ass and getting into fights and smoking pot. I didn't even like pot, but I still, everyone else was doing it, you know. And uh, did, you know, other drugs as well. But the Air Force was different because there was different drugs, different places, different people. And I was a firefighter, so... We would work for 24 hours. And this is back before there was like standardized, you know, we worked 24 on and 24 off. So it actually came out to be that we worked 26 on and 22 off because you had to get there an hour early in order to get into uniform and get into, you know, uh, inspection and, 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 you know, they, they do the roll call. And then to get off, you have to stick around until... The other shift did the same things. So, yeah. And then you get off. So, what we did when we got off at seven o'clock in the morning is we would drink our breakfast. You know, we'd go find a place that was still open or we'd go to one of the guys' houses or we'd go back to the barracks and we'd drink. Where, so, was, it? Where was that at? Uh, uh, I was stationed at Homestead Air Force Base in Florida. That's the first place oh. when, I, when I joined. And that was 1977. It was right after high school. Went back to your secondary home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Homestead Air Force Base, uh, we were, uh, that, that's, where, that's where we stationed. So yeah. I, 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 and I liked being a firefighter. It just seemed like something that I was made to do. You know. Uh, you think that has the, anything to do with uh, New York upbringing? I, I think it did. I think it does. Because 
you know, showing off, being tough, wanting to, you know, be the alpha. And here we get a chance to run into burning buildings while others are running out. Yeah. You know, or, or you get to walk out like, uh, I once brought the baby out of a building. It's like, and everyone's going, yeah. It's like, yeah, that's me. I brought the baby out. <laughs> you know, like, look at me. I'm you know, like, so, so it sort of fed into my ego. But the, the, the funny thing about it was the very first day that I showed up at Homestead Air Force Base, I saw my duffel bag over my shoulder, um, walked over to the fire station, reported, you know, to my duty officer or whatever it was I was doing. And as soon as I put down, I was baptized by fire on the very first day. As soon as I got settled in, we had a call and uh, there was a car on fire with three people inside. And I had to reach into the back seat and try to pull this guy out. And that was the first thing that began the cycle of what eventually became PTSD, I guess. Yeah. Because that was a bad day. Did he make it? No. None of the three of them did. It's got to be pretty rough. And and I was my my, bapti- my baptism by fire in the fire department, yeah. you know. So for real, it was I was reaching into the back seat of a burning car, you know. How old were you? I was eighteen, I guess. Right, right at eighteen. You were young. Seven, yeah, I was born in fifty nine, and this is seventy seven. So yeah, right at eighteen. Man, was and, on base. Yeah, yeah, and on base fire. So they were vets, or just. Uh, the one person was a veteran and then there was the girlfriend and another person, another guy. Oh, so I guess they were going out to party or something or maybe coming back from, I I don't know. I don't know. My first day. So I wasn't really, and, and we never, you know, they were always, we'd get back to the station, no matter what happened, get back to the station and they go, you know, we could bring the shrinks in if you want, you know, to talk to somebody and we're tough. We don't need no shrinks. We're tough guys. You know, we're all, we're the guys who run into the fires, you know, we're tough guys. And uh, seven o'clock would roll around and we'd drink our breakfast and forget all about it. And, and I think I remember back through the years of all the different things that happened. And I think that that first fire, and then there were two other incidences that came up. Uh, one of them years later, but you're a firefighter, but you're also a medic. You also go out on, on the ambulance and, you know, you also have to do the, you know, the medical calls. And I had a call where, uh, where a 12-year-old girl on base housing, in base housing, a 12-year-old girl was on her roller skates, and she stepped off the curb and slid, and the back of her head hit the curb. And that was a fucked up call. Can I say that? Yeah, you can say whatever you want, man. Yeah, that was... Because it is fucked up, you know, it's... uh, I mean... You know, usually whenever we're talking to other people, it's, uh, I don't know, whenever they, I, I don't know, it's almost like there's a, um, like a, a standard of what PTSD is or a stereotype and everyone just kind of assumes that it's some kind of war shit that, uh, yeah. Yeah. PTSD, it's not just for combat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's uh it's new slogan. We're yeah, coming yeah. for you. Yeah. Coming We're gonna on. get you. 
and and you know, and I'm I apologize for like the teary shit, you know. Wow. But uh, when I got out of the military, it's funny because I didn't cry for a long time. In fact, one of my wives once said to me that she thought that I was emotionally bankrupt because I never showed emotion. I, I was told the I, same thing. <laughs> I, I, and I'm sure that's part of the PTSD until it finally yeah. came out. It took me about 10 years before I finally like had a, a good good cry. Like Where it was so much that it just, uh, just, I don't know, overcame me, I guess. Oh, mine happened... After I was already out of the military, and yeah. I was married, my fourth wife, and I was already in Texas, and I was already collecting partial, my disability. Yeah. And I was driving down the road one day, and I saw something on the side of the road that looked like something that happened when I was in the service. And it triggered something in my head that, made me I pulled over the side of the road I couldn't breathe I started bawling my eyes out I was crying I couldn't I couldn't catch my breath my wife actually had to call the cops to find me and uh, the, the cops asked me what was going on and one of them looked and he said no 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 that's not what you thought it was yeah I was like but I still couldn't stop crying it just, just brings you right back to that that moment when it happened and and that's right after that is when I went to see the shrink for the first time at the VA. It's like and she what? said, uh, you got PTSD. <laughs> Whether you want to admit it or not. Whether you wanted it. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> you you've, you've hit the lottery, folks. Yes. You got it. So have you have you been to combat at all? Well, <laughs> I went to Grenada. Oh, okay. But I didn't. I haven't met a lot of people that were in Grenada. Yeah. Well, I... After I re-opt, that's when I got shipped out. And it wasn't even none of that 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 bothered me. Nothing there. It was like I didn't we were just doing our job, you know. It's like you're helping people, you know. If somebody got hurt or you know, students were fucked up, we, we were just helping people. We were the fight, we were the medics, you know. We just so I didn't really, you know, was it really was I there? Yeah, but was I I don't know if I was I don't know if you call it I was involved or in the combat or you know. But a plane came down, one of the F-4s came down, and they had smoke in the cockpit, and they sent out the fire truck, they sent out the crash crew, and that's how I got hurt. I went out, we were on their first team, I climbed up on top of the nose of the, of the F-4, and stupidity, or an accident, or maybe somebody pushed me, or maybe I got knocked off, but I fell off the nose of the F-4, and uh, I tell people I've uh, passed out in Grenada and woke up in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> what did it? Uh, what Broke did my it back. Do? Really? It took me like six months learning how to walk again. Jeez. That's why my legs are so all messed up. Man. I've had five surgeries on my back since then. Where at? Uh, two were in the military. Uh, then three have been from from civilian doctors since the military. Are all three of them it's civilian doctors? Yeah, I guess all three have been. Yeah. One guy, he did the surgery, and I felt a little bit better. And it was like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm in the, feeling good doing this, doing that. And oops, I went a little too far. And they actually had to go back in like 
a year later to do the same surgery, number three all over again, you know. What kind of surgeries were they? Um, all of them were lower back discectomies yeah. and, you know, bone spurs and discectomies and what else do they call it? Laminectomies. Mm. Laminectomies. Yeah. Except for the fifth one. The fifth one really made a difference. Like, I used to go to sleep. The way my days used to be, because of all the pain from from my back and my leg, is it felt like there was a shooting pain going from my leg all the way, from my back all the way down my leg. And it felt like there was piano wire wrapped around my ankle. And in the morning, it was just wrapped around my ankle, so it hurt a little bit. But as the day progressed, it got tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. By the end of the day, it was so tight, I was like crying from the pain. The fifth surgery, the guy went in and changed everything. He removed discs, replaced the some replaced it with cadaver, crushed cadaver bone. Mm -hmm. He put a cage around my spinal cord and put um, pins in, and then screws in the pins and like i got so much hardware on my back now it's that's one of the reasons i can't bend over because there's so much hardware in my back just holding everything together but when i got out of there it's like i still have pain but it's not as severe as quickly you know, it's like I can get a lot further. I could go a lot, but I still have I still have the drop foot. I have no use of my left leg. I have uh, no reflex in my knee, no reflex in my ankle, uh, no feeling in the bottom of my foot, um, and I just drag it behind me. So that's why I wear the brace because because of the drop foot. You know, it's like uh, otherwise I'd be tripping over my feet all the time. Now the brace starts to get heavy, and I take it off a lot. And a lot of times I walk around the house without the brace on, and that's how I end up falling so much. It's like, have you fallen this month? Yeah. How many times? Uh, twice, I guess. Well, you know, we could get, car you know, you should really remove your carpets. It's not my carpets, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, we got rid of the carpet a long time ago. <laughs> Just so you would stop saying this. Yeah. No, no, we get it. See, you know, that's the thing about back surgery. Uh, they, you, they, it never goes back to where it was ever. They, it, it's like it takes care of something. Cause I've had two, I've had a micro disectomy and then they just did, uh, like, a you know, some kind of T separator where they went in, separated the, the vertebrae and then put like this sponges weird material in it cool to where it was uh it like it went in and then they drilled in like security and then the bone i guess kind of grows around yeah, it. that's what they say they're supposed to be really good but i mean i can only i'm nowhere close to where i was so it kind of yeah. sucks but uh i mean i can move around now <laughs> i still have a lot of nerve damage uh so taking on a forklift if anyone ever decides they want to do that don't um they're like six thousand pounds it doesn't work oh, yeah no, and and I, I yeah I don't care I, you know would I do it again yes I loved the military would I put myself in the same position as I did even though I know I'm going to get hurt 
Yes, absolutely. I loved the military. How long were you in for? Six years, just over six yeah. years. So I loved them. It was right after it was right after I re-upped that I got hurt. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of a, a pretty damn good example of. I mean, because so not only were you what I would can. I mean, what are, what are they called? Not a first responder. So not only you're a first responder, you're a first responder while you were in, uh, and you were also in combat and also doing what a first responder does. Did you do, were you a firefighter whenever you got out? For a little while, yeah. Oh, okay. But in Florida? Uh, at, first in Florida and then in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's got to, I mean, that's that's rough. It's... You know what? Actually, when I moved here, for a little while, I was with the volunteers, the Round Rock volunteers, just for a little while. Yeah. So just, I had the knowledge. In fact, they had, I saw an ad on the television that said, Round Rock's looking for volunteer firefighters. And I called up the number that they had, and the guy said, hi, this is the chief, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I can't do it anymore, but I got a lot of knowledge. Maybe I can help, you know, teach some of the kids or something. And actually, I started teaching for a little while down at the Teeks, the uh, Texas A&M University. Oh, yeah. They have the Braden fire school down there mm-hmm. so i te- i taught the municipal school for a little while had the knowledge i just couldn't do it anymore yeah like the old expression those who know do those who can't teach that's right <laughs> i taught right. for that's a, a valuable while. skill though and i taught for a little while for a little yeah. while and the other thing that happened is because i didn't have to work anymore i couldn't work anymore yeah i got a I'm 100% IU, individual unemployability. Yeah. So my rating is actually 90%. And with VA math. So I was rated uh, 80% for my back and 30% for my leg and uh, 20%, no, no, 30% for PTSD, 80, 30, 30% for PTSD, 10% for my hand. And that all added up to 90 VA math. V- VA math has got to be the dumbest shit the way, that anyone's ever put out there. The way they explained it to me was, you are starting off with 100%. So we're giving you 60% for your back, so now there's only 40% left. Now we're giving you 30% for the PTSD, but 30% of the 40% that's left, not of your whole 100 anymore. So that's only 12%. So now what's left is 28%. Now we're giving you another 30% for your leg, but we're not getting 30% of the 100. You're getting 30% of the 28. So that's why it only ends up to 90%, that's which so is the most though. ridiculous thing there, I've ever There's got to be another way to figure it. I, every, everything they touch just goes to shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The VA is it's what it it's is. It's the VA. So Texas people. is different. I mean, oh, from yeah. all the other VAs that I've ever been to, Florida, New York, North Carolina, Texas, they try to treat you better. I mean, Texas treats its veterans better than anywhere I've ever San been. San Antonio is one of the best ones I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I just... I've heard... Uh, I even had a guy that was out in Houston, and uh, I'm sure I've said this story to our audience plenty of times, but uh, he had been shot in the neck, uh, like his first his first convoy 
Um, and you know, he still has a lot of uh, survivor's guilt for that, which, which you know, it's like man, like you can't, like you, you still went out there and did shit. Don't, don't discredit anything you've done. But he was like the the hospitals I go to here in Houston, they fucking suck. He said, man, we go mm. down to San Antonio, they treat us like kings. I mean, they they're just like, hey, can we get this for you? Can we get this for you? Can we? And he's like, oh yeah, we don't get anything like that in Houston. And the one in Waco is just a old Air Force or Army base that was in World War II or something. So all those buildings are still there. There's some, I mean, they they have some okay things, but it's not like it's not top of the line, say the art or anything. I mean, they still give out all the medications that uh, you know gabapentin's got to be. Which I, you know, I'm a big advocate to try to get people try to get away from gabapentin just because we found a bunch of studies that came out that gabapentin's linked to uh, suicidal ideation and depression. Uh, and that's like the number one thing that if you ask most vets, you know, what do they give you for your pain? Like, oh, tramadol or gabapentin. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sucks. <laughs> yeah. We always, we always try to find more holistic approaches just because it's like, I don't, me personally, I don't like, I have to take so many pills as it is. I'm trying to give my liver a break. Oh man! Oh so, man! Yeah, uh, I mean, even pills after pills. But back in, I got out of the service in '83. Did I get that right? Yeah, '83. I got out of the service in '83. Yeah. In '84, I found myself going across country and doing a lot of drugs, and going out of the country and traveling and getting myself in lots of trouble. In '85, I figured. I hit my bottom. I, I, that was, I had no more drugs, no more money, no more friends. Family didn't want to talk to me. And that was the first time I tried to kill myself. And uh, it didn't work. I actually jumped in front of a truck on an icy road in New York. Wow. And the truck skidded on a patch of ice and crashed into a parked car. And the guy got out and started screaming. But I didn't know this at first. I closed my eyes and I heard the crash. And I thought to myself, this dying shit ain't too bad. I don't feel so bad. This is okay. And then I realized I didn't die. And uh, that's when I stopped doing drugs. It's what? like I couldn't. I just, I knew that was the bottom. That was it. I haven't, so I haven't taken any mood or mind any mood or mind altering chemicals or alcohol. Since 1985. So when the wow. doctors want to give me all that shit, I just tell them, you know, ibuprofen. Man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll suffer with you. So I still have a lot of pain at the end of the day, and I don't have, I don't have the hydro, uh, the, the Oxycontin. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. have the, I don't have the, you know, the, the, Demer, the the Demerol or yeah. the uh, the or the whatever the other things that they when they did the surgeries you know they said oh we could give you uh, the lauded no no I, 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 no, <laughs> no thank, thanks thank you very much but uh, no thanks yeah so uh, I don't I, I don't take the lauded I don't take Demerol I don't take oxycotton I don't so by the end of the day I'm still in pain a lot of times so like if I sleep till noon then I can usually get through the rest of the day without a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> but but I wake up, and the PTSD doesn't help because that happened. Now I wake up and, like, 
I wake up like every two hours. And it's either from twisting and turning because of the pain or because I wake up in a cold sweat or because of a, of a nightmare. Or I tell people, yeah, I sleep like a baby. I wake up every two hours peeing and crying. <laughs> that is, that's got to be one of the weirdest things. Yeah, when a baby does sleep, yeah, they sleep okay. But it's not... Constant. It's not throughout the whole night. That's right. Every yeah. two hours, get up to pee and cry. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to. I swear, I'm going to start explaining it to people. <laughs> I'm sleeping like a baby. I just piss and shit myself, and I'm getting ready to cry I, this next and time. And the other thing I do is perimeter checks. I didn't even know that was what it was called when I first went to see the shrink. It's like I wake up when I wake up. It's not like I just lay in bed when I wake up. I wake up and I'm sweating or, or crying or. or just got to pee, but I get up and I go to the bathroom and I'll wash my face and then I'll walk around the house and I'll check to see that the doors are locked and the windows are closed and everything's okay. The alarm is on, check the cameras to see that nothing's been going on. And I just would go back to bed after that. And the, the, the shrink told me that that was a symptom of PTSD. It's called perimeter checks. Well, I know what a perimeter check is, but I didn't know that's what they called it when I do it in my own house, you know? Yeah. I'm not going out to the wire, <laughs> you know. That's not what, you know. And the things that fucked me up, I said it again, sorry. <laughs> the things that messed Fire me kids. up were, uh, were not the combat. It was not the combat. It was the, the other stuff. That's, uh, I don't know, that's... But then, but then, but then, because I didn't have to work anymore, I decided I was going to go back to school. And I was going to just, everything that they'll give me, I'll take. I have certificate. I went back to school first to become a social worker. So I got a bachelor's in, a bachelor's in social work. Then I still had some free time and nothing to do, and I couldn't go back to work. Because if you do work and make too much money, then they take away the individual unemployability. Because if you're able to work, then how can you be unemployable? So you had to be real careful about how you work that with the VA. So there's not really a whole lot I could do anyway. Yeah. But so, so I did. So I got the so I went back to school again. I got certified as a, a PTSD and a military sexual trauma counselor. Really, and then I went back to school again, and I got uh, certified as a, a mass casual incident debriefer, hmm. MS, MCID, yeah, MCID, mass casualty incident debriefer, and then, and then I don't know, my fourth wife got pregnant, and all of a sudden, my religion started to call to me again it's like what do we want to do we want to raise the baby jewish we want to bring her up in a jewish atmosphere we want to do the right thing religious wise religion wise you know we we don't want her growing up you know and we wanted to have religion in her life and uh so we started going i, I started going back to synagogue again and and we brought my pregnant wife with us and then she had the baby and we would bring the baby with us and even after we got divorced, I still felt that pull from from uh, where well, we were fighting. We hadn't quite gotten divorced yet. We were still like 
fighting and getting separated a couple of times, but I still had that feeling that pulling towards the religion. And back in 2015, I decided to go back to seminary and it took me five years to finish all of that stuff. But in 2019, it was either a year and a half ago or two years ago, uh, I was ordained. And I was ordained as I'm, I'm a rabbi. I'm an official rabbi. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm officially an ordained rabbi. I'm a clergy. I can, I can perform weddings and civil unions and do funerals. Or <laughs> One of the things that they ask on the final, when I was taking my final, the very last thing I had to write is a 10-page paper on why I would make a good rabbi. And I, was, I wrote a lot about the fact that I think that rabbis these days have to know a lot more than the rabbis of old because there's so many different things going on in life. And I have experienced that I bet a lot of rabbis don't. Like friends of mine say, I'm the rabbi that says fuck. <laughs> I don't know a lot of rabbis that say fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be the only rabbi I've ever met. <laughs> So, so, so I, I, have, I have that connection, and I have a connection with military. Yeah. You know, and I'm, 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 I'm with IW, Reverend Warriors, and I go on their hikes and stuff, and, 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 and I like to hang out with the people from IW. Yeah. We all have the same stuff in common. Like, we were goofing earlier. We all bad backs. We all bad knees. We all drug <laughs> histories. We all have PTSD. So it's like, and we can talk to each other. We don't even, and we don't even have to talk to each other. Just being next to somebody who you know knows exactly what you went through. Sometimes you look at your wife and you can't say, I feel like killing myself or I feel yeah. like killing you. <laughs> yeah. Because then they, they, they don't see it. Yeah, they take it seriously. They like, take it differently than yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, I kind of mean it, but I kind of don't. I'm just very frustrated, and I can't talk to you because you don't understand what's going you know, on. And, and I'd love to. I'd love for you to understand. Yeah, but, but I need. You're just gonna think I'm crazy, and I just can't. You know, it's. But on the, on the hikes, I mean, there's a lot of times where you can just people just start talking about stuff and, and i think it's because they all know that we're all vets so we've all had the same kind of shit happen to us so instead of saying well you know i don't want to be offensive or i don't want you know i don't want this to come out weird they're just like man fuck all this i can't fucking believe this shit's going on and then the person next to him's like yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or like you know uh what I always try to encourage people, because we went to uh, Baton Rouge, I think, at the beginning this year, and uh, somebody brought up a, a pretty good point. Because there, there are a lot of friend groups that exist within all the group and all the and the IW organization. It is there are clicks. Yeah, know. and I and I have nothing wrong with that. Mm. But it's the people like for the ones that come from out of town. Like I really like for them to uh, to interact with everybody network that's all good but it's the ones that like are actually in the city in the area you know that's the time that you actually you know go meet with them because you might not have even known that they were even you know in this area and that's the times where you can have somebody let's just say something happens and you need help immediately well that's the person that's going to be closest there yeah so it'd be better for you to 
to also interact with those people as well. Interact with as many people as you want, but really the locals are, you know, because then you can start. Uh, well, I mean, I thankfully I'm lucky enough to be a part of the Marine Corps League over in Waco, so we um and we get together once a month. Oh, that's cool. But uh, I mean, right now we're planning the state convention, so we have like six of us that are working pretty close together. But even then, I mean, we we'll stay in contact. There's like a a main group that stays in contact with each other. But uh, even from my PTSD groups, uh, I think I have at least two or three friends that. I met from one of those, but I mean, they were in the same area. So I got lucky enough to, to have them as like, it's really hard for me to say friend because I say it in a general term, but a lot of people are just acquaintances because, because yeah. you like, you run it like to me, friend is just, it's a, it's a different level. And I like, I'm putting you in a, in a higher category as a friend, because that's somebody that if shit starts going downhill like i know you have my back but it's you know not everybody's like that so mm. but i have a lot of acquaintances which doesn't mean i wouldn't do anything for you it just means that like i don't hold you higher up there one of the one i think one of the nice things about at least from my point of view when i first joined irreverent warriors and i went on my first silkies hike and i didn't know anybody i think one of the things that i liked about the group was like you were saying i don't have to really know you but if i'm feeling fucked up i can say to you hey i'm feeling fucked up and you're not gonna go oh i'm not in the mood to i don't want to talk to i don't know what you mean i don't want to talk to you I'm do, going so, do we need to get professional help for you yeah do, do, do i need to call somebody nah, i just no, need to get the shit just, off my chest yeah. man and I've done that a couple of times. I've called people a couple of times, or even online. I've said, uh, "Well, it's three o'clock in the morning, and I can't sleep. Someone want to give me a call? You know, someone yeah. call me. You know, it's nice. It's nice to have people." It, <laughs> I was thinking the other day about being able to give back as much as I possibly can for all the things that I've gotten from all the places that I've been, and. Uh, I, I guess, you know, we as military people, we we have that in us, that we're just givers, you know, we're givers. And we're hanging out with other people that are also givers, so sometimes it's hard to say, I need to take. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping that, I don't know, I got this imagination that in my head, now that I'm clergy, now that I'm a cleric, now that I'm a rabbi, I'm ordained, that I could do these things. And I belong to a group of people that don't see things the same way as other people, you know, or other people can't see things that maybe I can figure out a way to become, uh, it's a weird, like the official cleric of irreverent warriors, you know, like Anytime they need an invocation, they know they can count on me. I'll do the invocation. And yeah. Anytime they have a wedding, that would be great. I'd love to, you know, officiate some weddings. And anytime they want, like, a blessing of the bikes or a blessing before a, a hike, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 bam. Let's get, let's get bam, bam. You know, because I am one of you guys. So did you go to the School of Theology? No, I went to a seminary. I went to the rabbinical seminary. I went to rabbinical. It's called... Rabbinical Seminary International in New York. Okay, okay. So, I'm not sure how the programs work 
because I've only known Baylor's program, but I know in theirs they kind of like learn a little bit about a lot of the religions. I had to study all religions. I had to write reports about. I I have a book in in my in my cabinet. Well, it's over there now. (laughs) I moved I moved all my clergy stuff over there, so I had it all together. So I have all my Bibles and all my prayer books, but I also have a whole shelf. Is there's a Book of Mormon over there? There's the New Testament is over there. There's the um. other one there's a couple of different there's a couple of different religious books over there so that i have an idea you know i've written reports about all of them so i i have an idea of and that's what what was in that last paper that i wrote the 10 page report it's like i can deal with people it's like the rabbis of old had jews to deal with and that's all they had to do they had to marry a jew to another jew and that's the end of it who do we know that can talk to both a catholic and a jew or a protestant and a buddhist or we did that all the time in the barracks what's the difference plus i have it in my seminary plus i have it in my you know in 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 my reports so i'm kind of like i'm the right guy to go to and i want to be able to do that and you know for 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 other veterans the very first veteran wedding i ever officiated it made me feel fantastic like a veteran a marine wanted to get married and wanted me to come and do his officiating and it was like yeah that's was he jewish as well no he wasn't and that's the thing i don't i don't i don't have to do it just for jewish people oh, okay so which is great it can be too look you want to do a civil union to women Two women want want me to do a civil union for them or get, get marry them. That's what we're you know. If it's a, it is legal now, right in Texas. Yeah, I think it's legal. I think it's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Right? If two women I, come up to me and say like, "We'd like to get married. Can you marry us?" I'd be happy. You veterans, I'd be happy to. One of them is a veteran. I'd be yeah. happy to. I mean, I'll do it even for civil. Yeah. You know. But for civilians, I'll charge them. <laughs> then, then I'll, I think Obama might have passed them like 14. Maybe. Somewhere around there. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But I, 12, somewhere. Civilians, around. I'll charge them. So, you know, you got to give me some money. I'll do it. Blah, blah, blah. But for a veteran, I'd be happy to do it. It makes me proud to be able to do it. I don't care. So, were you, did you grow up in the Jewish faith? Yeah. So, like, you can. You can trace your heritage back, or yeah. yeah. So I mean, you guys, what do you know anything about your past at all? Yes, I, well, I know a, I know a little. Are we running out of time? No, no, my, oh, okay. watch, my watch just keeps um, going off. Um, uh, I know a little bit about my recent past, and a little bit about my distant past. My recent past is my grandfather came from Poland to the United States. There were something like. 14 brothers and sisters two came to the u.s two went to mexico one went to south america the rest of them didn't make it past world war ii the rest of them were rounded up in Mm. in uh, hitler's uh do you know what camp they went to no not all of them no Mm. but they all that was left was uh my grandfather, 
that we knew of was my grandfather, one of his brothers who went to California, a lady named Bronia who lived in Mexico, and then I actually talked to That's a hell of a name, Bronia. Bronia. Yeah. And then I had a, somebody from South... We knew that my grandfather's father ran a tire and wheels store in a town called Lenska, I think it was. And then somebody wrote me an email. Yeah, in Poland. Hmm. Somebody wrote me an email and said, listen, my my great-grandfather also had a... um, a wheels store in Lenska in Poland in that year. Is it possible that they knew each other? Well, it turns out it was the same guy. So I found out wow. that I had a relative in South America that I didn't even know about, and now I talk to. And then they had kids who went to Israel, so now I have relatives in Israel that I didn't even know about until until like about five years ago or so. So yeah, we could pre- we could trace it pretty far back, but not way far back. And I also, as a rabbi, they do a thing, they do with, I don't know if they do it in other religions, but they do a thing where when you get ordained, the rabbi, there's, there are three rabbis who have to ordain. You have to be ordained by three other rabbis. Mm-hmm. And the three rabbis who ordain you have to have been through the same process. And what they do is then they touch you on the head and then let you know that you've just been touched by somebody who's been touched by somebody who's been touched by somebody and they can trace it all the way back to Moses's brother, Aaron. Yeah. Wow. So I've been touched by somebody who's been touched by somebody who's been touched by somebody who can yeah. get back all the way I back that. I don't think I've ever heard of that in, in any of the other religions. And that's how, how so you just can't become, a, you know, becoming a rabbi. Yeah. It's like a, big deal to be in, in the jewish religion so <laughs> just one day no no i'm yeah. around <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah. it's, it's like a, it's not, not like you know going online and finding the united life church and becoming a you yeah. know, an online preacher you and know ordained minister. <laughs> yeah, ordained minister now they can they can marry people yeah but i i could do all those things i could do the naming ceremonies i could do the baby namings i can do the the conversions and things like that if you did want to but yeah but i i i thought like you know like one of the things i was thinking was this would be great if i could wouldn't it be great if if i could be the official cleric for reverend warriors i mean you know it's every time they need an invocation you know and I don't know. Just, well, the right people to talk to live in this city, so <laughs> yeah. I mean that's the way to go. Yeah, but it, it's it's one of those things. It's like I got so many things going on. I'm not sure that it was even, it's even feasible. But well, I do have a question. And I mean, I've always been pretty, I guess, interested. I just haven't really looked into it. I think I have an idea. But uh, so, what's the difference between Christianity, Judaism, and Islam? the basic difference is without getting into a whole conversation about religion Christianity believes that Jesus is the Messiah and has been here and will return Judaism does not believe that the Messiah has been here yet we're still waiting and King Solomon's temple still hasn't been rebuilt right and we're waiting for this to happen and that's where they believe uh What's the um, 
it's not Mecca. It's uh, Jerusalem. Yeah. I, what there's a, like a some kind of building that's the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Yeah, right may, yeah. yeah maybe the, the the last remaining wall of the first temple where, or where, seventh temple where that's supposed to be in rebuilt. Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Islam. Is, Islam is like an offshoot, maybe. You can trace the three patriarchs of Judaism were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. Jacob had a brother named Esau. Mm -hmm. Esau left the family and went a different direction. And my understanding is that Esau's offspring became Muslim, became Islam, you know, mm -hmm. was, was Islam. That's my understanding of it. So is there is the first part of the Quran the same thing as the Pentateuch? I don't think so because the Quran wasn't written by wasn't it written by the prophets? Uh, wasn't uh, it written by Muhammad? That maybe I don't know. I don't think it was written by like the Pentateuch is the, the, the first, five books, yeah. the first five books of the and and that's part, part of believe, the Torah. That's we believe that Moses wrote them most yeah. of it because of the. You know, God wrote it, and then the the golden calf thing happened. So yeah. God made him rewrite the whole thing himself. So, so it's basically um, so you have the Torah, and then the first five books of the uh, Christian Bible is uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, same Deuteronomy, and um, but then they go on to use Jesus as yeah. the beginning of the New Testament yeah. and all of the you know all of his teachings now. You know the shitty part about all of this is, is like especially with the religion wars, with the like the tensions in the Middle East, the tensions in uh, Israel, and with us is that we're more of a Christian faith based. There, Israel's uh, Jewish or the Judean belief, and then you have the Middle East, which Islam is really taking over the world. I mean, even um, what's there are um, more. There are more. Uh, Indonesia has a ton of. I mean, there's so yeah. Many, there's more Muslims in the world than there are but, any other. Any but other all the religion. wars, all the like major wars right now, all believe in the same God. It's just more or less the prophets that that it yeah, comes I, down I to. I think the Quran was written by the prophet Muhammad. Yeah, I believe so. But see, I don't know who Muhammad is. That's you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. really. Yeah, it doesn't. I haven't really. You know. Supposedly, yeah. Allah spoke to him, and Allah yeah. is their the name of their God. Wait, well, Allah just means God, right? That's why they say like Allah Akbar is, yeah, uh, it's like praise you God, know, praise yeah. God. Um, which it's really crazy how similar. Uh, uh, it's Arabic, Aramaic, it, and yeah. Hebrew. They're all very closely yeah. related. Uh, whenever you say uh, "Hassalamu alaikum," and we say "Shalom alaikum," yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very similar, right? Which I don't have the accent that you do, but well, the, good on you. And it's it's. It's because Aramaic broke to Hebrew and yeah. Arabic, and even if you look at you look at languages, even if you look at Spanish, Portuguese, they're all Latin based. Latin, right? Yeah, um, right. Exactly. Yeah. Latin, French. You can always find. You can find. Even in English, we have words that we could trace yeah, back we're to the a Latin hodgepodge roots. of different yeah. languages. I have an 11 year old daughter, and she's in, taking English in school. And they were talking about how, why, why some of these some of these languages are so easy to to, 
to, to learn and why English is so hard. Yeah. And, and we were going over words like they have the same ending, but they don't even end like B-O-U-G-H is bow, but R-O-U-G-H is rough. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I always grew up and uh, I just, I've been studying a little bit of German, but, uh, you know, my grandparents used to say, oh, I guess I went kaput, you know. And I was like, yeah, it, it is a word, you know, it went broken or whatever. And then I learned that it's a German word and kaput means like it's kaput broke. is broken. And I was like, man. Sometimes the stuff that you don't know just makes you feel so stupid whenever you realize, like, oh, that. that but I do, but I do like the origin. Of it. I mean, it's one thing I'm thankful for. Uh, you know, going to Baylor, which kind of I guess up with this conversation a little bit. But uh, you know, they are um, they're a Baptist school, but they really take a, an interest in trying to teach you a little bit about everything. Um, which I always thought was really interesting because, you know, we have to read the annotated Oxford, I mean, Bible, and it's like this thick. It's huge, and it's paper. I mean, you can see through the paper. It's It looks like one of the old, old Bibles, but it's really thick. But um, they had one of the Catholic canons in there. Called, it's called the Book of Tobit. I don't know if you read it or not. But um, most of the stuff that you read in the Old Testament, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say drab or boring, but it kind of is, you know, because it's all... It's all worded in the language that they had back then, and that's what that's how they read, and it was interesting to them, and that's what kept them occupied. And then what you know the way the New Testament come around, but the Book of Tobit, I mean, it's a very good life lesson. So I was, I did, and, it, and it's a Canaan, which is a Canaan is a book of law if you don't know, um, and it's a Catholic Canaan, but it's not a Canaan in in, in any of the yeah. The Protestant. Have you ever heard of that? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> my my mind's crazy. But so there's a. Uh, I watched a whole documentary on it. There's a right outside of Greece. There's a little island, and they say that they've been practicing Christianity since Jesus first came around, and um, they pray so much that uh, it's involuntary. So if they're doing yard work, if they're if they're guarding in their sleep, they're still praying. It's just so much. Wow. So if if we were just to go silent, eventually they would just start muttering out prayers and hymns and all this. But it's very hard to get in there. They have people come from like all across the world. Uh, it and they have I don't man, I can't remember what language they have to speak, but it's like a certain language that they read the Bible from. But the guy that they interviewed was an American. I want to say he was from New York or somewhere around there. But uh, uh there was a craziest shit i've ever seen i'm 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 not sure i've never heard yeah. of it well, but like the torah itself is all written in hebrew yeah except there are places in the torah that they leave the original aramaic from king solomon and king david's days in it so there are a few prayers that we say that that we say that we say in Aramaic, even though, you know, we speak Hebrew. Yeah. And those Aramaic prayers are probably the words are probably very familiar to Muslims, even yeah. though they wouldn't say those words, So if which they, might be the same thing that this island has because um, yeah, that, the back, you know, from Jesus' days, that might be, it, it, it might, might be, be Aramaic. Yeah, it might be something that... Uh, whatever area I, I, was, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just. Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea either. I mean, I'm the one to watch the documentary, but it didn't. <laughs> it obviously didn't stand too much, but you know. 
Wake up at three o'clock in the morning, turn something on, and hey, look, a documentary about a religion. Yeah. Let me see what this one's about. But then it was, just, <laughs> but the shit they were saying, I was just like, "There's no way. Who the hell does this?" I guess they. Well, oh my! You were saying earlier. You were saying earlier that I wanted. I asked you why you wanted to interview me. You said, and and some of the stuff that you write on Facebook was really funny, and I thought. I say this all the time to people. You think I'm funny. You should see my brother, Neil. He's a stand-up comedian. And actually, Neil was in town a couple of weeks ago and did a fundraiser for Irreverent Warriors. And so this is a guy that has a huge beard? Yeah. Okay. And so they got... Uh, so Irreverent Warriors in the Round Rock area got to see the, the guy that I'm always saying, you think I'm funny, you should see my brother Neil. <laughs> but, he see, but he has a joke that he tells. I don't know if he told it that night or not. I don't remember. But he says that he's got two friends. One of them is a Scientologist, and the other is a Mormon. The Scientologist believes that God came down as an alien and... Th- threw a bunch of people into a volcano and that's how they got their religion. The Mormon believes that John Smith found a plate and used a magical rock and he was the only one who was able to read it. And both of them think the other one is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Religion in a nutshell. (laughs) It is really funny, though. I don't know. Religion's always been one of those... uh, um, You can't talk religion a lot because people want to argue their religion. And here's... I'll give you a for instance. My daughter, 11 years old, has a friend in her class... They went on a field trip. In their school, what they were doing because of the COVID is a parent would drive two children to the field trip. One parent, two children. That way, separation, six feet, masks, windows open, the whole thing. So I had my daughter and this girl. This girl who's 11 or 12 years old tells me that she has decided that she doesn't want to be called she anymore. She would like to be called they or them because her gender is now fluid. Uh. No, I, we were talking about, what were we talking about that made me think of this? Uh, Must be all the drugs I took. <laughs> Something about religion? Religion, yes. So, mm. I don't mind you telling me that that's how you feel, I told her. I don't mind you telling me how you feel. Yeah. But asking me to change how I talk to you, how I believe, is like me saying to you, I don't want you to be Christian anymore. I, you need to be Jewish now because me forcing you my religion on you is forcing you to do something that you don't want. You're trying to force your on me, and I don't want that either. It's to me, it's the same thing. It's like, and, and that's what you were talking about with religion. I don't believe that 
you can, I believe that you could believe anything you want to believe. Whatever your belief is, that's fine. In fact, when I gave the invocation at Thanksgiving last year, one of the things that I said was, I leave my hat on. And when I pray, it stays on. That's what Jews do. But if you want to take yours off, if you want to get down on one knee, if you want to bow your head, if you want to clasp your hands, or you don't want to do any of those things, I feel you should be allowed to pray any way you want to. Yeah. I don't believe, I believe that your religion, your belief, whatever it is, or your belief in no religion, whatever your belief is, you should be afforded the right to believe that way. I would never try to force myself on you. So all I ask in return is that you don't try to force yourself on me. Whatever your belief is, whatever that belief is that I don't believe, I just ask that you don't try to force it on me. And that's the way I feel about those things too it's like this is what i believe yeah you could believe what you want i'm okay with that but don't try to force it on me don't try to shove don't yeah. try to bible bang me don't try to gender bang me don't try to whatever it is you believe in that's okay i'm all right with that yeah i'm okay with that <clears throat> i think you know I, I try to make my prayer even when i pray when i did the invocation. i try to make it so that it's all inclusive yeah i'm not gonna name jesus or name buddha or name john smith or 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 the guy who jumped into the volcano i don't know i think uh this is my personal thought i mean i don't know how much it really matters or not but you know uh so they they went and did studies, or they kind of observed some of these um, African tribes um, way back. I don't know, maybe around World War II, they had never been touched by, or had never seen a white man. You know, so they had been living their tribal life for however long, um, and they witnessed one of these things they were doing was going out to the to the crops and to the fields and they were jumping um, because they hadn't had any rain but they were uh, somebody asked them what they were doing they said that they were encouraging uh, the crops to grow and that was part of their religious thing but then you have to if you kind of go back and look throughout most of history there's been some kind of uh, mankind's always looked to the sky and thought there was something more. And you have the, with the three main religions that we have now, a bunch of offshoots of those. And then you have, uh, like, uh, Taoism's been around, I think, the longest recorded that we have. But then you had the Romans, uh, the Greeks. That's where all the mythology comes from. But that was their religion, so you wouldn't have called it a mythology then. And then you had the Egyptians, which they kind of all were, I mean, they kind of just were. When we look back at it, it's kind of around the same time. Idol, idolatry. There's yeah. a lot of idols. But, and with the Romans and the Greeks, they had the old gods and the new gods. Yeah. And yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But for for all of this time, we've always looked to something higher. I have my problems with with my faith. Um, I mean. Whenever I was, I don't know, like eight, I decided to pick up a bicycle one day and I drove to a church myself. I mean, I rode to a church myself and I just started attending church. Like, I don't know what it was. I just, 
that's what I did. So a lot of my morals and and beliefs do reside in the Christian faith, sure, but I'm sure, not. Sure. I don't practice constantly. But what I'm trying to get to, I guess, at, at all of this is. So you had all of these people believe all of this stuff for so long, but there has to be some kind of reason, whether they're, you know, whether they wanted to believe that there was numerous gods, you know, uh, was it uh, polytheism? So you have all these different gods, or if you have one, or if one of these gods was meant to be the one that brought down all these other ones, whatever it is, you know, that sometimes that faith is just what it takes to get you through whatever it is. And I have a a lot of issues with the Bible just because I'm one of the guys that I have to be more factual. I have to know this. I have to know that. And then I, I was like 30 years old and this 20, I don't know, 21, 20 year old guy. Uh, we were playing flag football at, at Baylor one day and I was telling him kind of the same story. And he goes, you know, uh, you should look at the Bible more as a, a guidebook. So whenever something does happen, you can go reference that because that's, that's that's a guide, not 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 a yeah. So I mean, I mean, otherwise it would all be it's not Deut- a textbook. It's a guide. Yeah, it would either be Deuteronomy or Leviticus, right, right. and it would just be boom, boom, boom. Which is either Deuteronomy is all about numbers, and Leviticus is all about laws. So, um, but that's not how it is. But I wonder, you know. Just my personal belief, uh, what I've seen in with the way America is going down, I don't want to get like too crazy political or anything because I don't want anybody to feel like they can't listen to this or, you know, I'm still going to talk to anybody because I don't really, I give a fuck less what religion you are, <laughs> yeah. what you call yourself care. as. If, if, you're, if your religion asked me to tell you to call you this, I would still call you this. Just like if somebody wanted me to call them by a pronoun. Don't get mad at me if I don't know right away. I don't. I think that's stupid to do that. But I, I still show you the respect because you know it is what it is. But sometimes you know you just. I, I guess uh, what am I? I when it in in the early two thousands, late nineties, it seems like there were more Christians and and more people who went or just went to church in general and their beliefs and their morals kept them more grounded. And now it just seems like, you know, I don't know if it's the media or if it's the politicians or if it's the lack of faith, but one of those three things is really becoming a problem. Like I understand where a lot of sides are coming from. I I look at it from both angles because you know, I, uh, me personally, I grew up like I had a, a this uh, older black lady brought me into her house and raised me for like almost two years. So I got to look at a lot of stuff from that perspective. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm very appreciative of it because now, you know, I have an, an understanding. I don't know what it's like. I'll never speak on it that way because I, I don't know what it's like. But what I but what I've the overall thing is that people don't talk enough and they just believe what they fucking see now and everybody's at each other's throat. But I've been to so many places to where, at least here in Texas, so many places where there's so many people 
who are every different race and every different color and every different gender and all this other shit. And as long as you're talking to each other, which, you know, I guess this is what it all boils down to with what this is turning into is if you just talk to one another, you might actually get to know that person and see who the fuck they are. And they might actually be somebody that, you know, that you like. And if you don't like them, then you don't, you just don't like them. Like that's what, what's wrong with that? I mean, there's, I've met a ton of Marines that I just fucking, I, I cannot stand. We don't talk anymore. But if he asked me for help, if he was around, yeah, I, I would totally help him out. But I'm not going to, and I feel like there's a lot of people that are like that now. Like, if you just actually talk to them, they probably would help, you know. But a lot of that is, this all does circle back around to everything we were talking about. But it does come back to, like, a lot of what the Christ, Christian faith for me taught was, you know, like, to love one another. What... uh you know, and and uh, what they teach is the priestly version, because they say in the Pentateuch there's like four different authors, if you look at it from a scholarly approach. But the priestly one is what they wrote. That's what most of the pastors um, in like these small ass towns will will give out. So it's more of like supposed to be an uplifting thing. But like, I think a lot of religions kind of teach the same thing. And from I've heard a lot of Muslim people tell me that. Um, Islam's, you know, there's a lot of good things, but I haven't read the Quran, so I really don't know. But even in the Jewish faith, I've seen, you know, there, the Jewish people that I have met have been pretty good to go. So I can't, I can't imagine. I just feel like there's like a lack of even communication. With, yeah, communicate. But like, even if you were talking about religion to somebody, like people don't even want to have that conversation they just shut it down but this all does like like i was saying this all does tie into it because as i was saying we talk we have all these conversations but the church does com- connect a lot of people together and and i i was talking to a guy the other day from houston and he said if it wasn't for god if he didn't have something to look forward to if he didn't have that higher power to believe in he doesn't know where he'd be but that's him and sometimes that's just what it takes. What it all boils down to is a futuristic mindset. You had to have something to, fuck, to to believe in. You had to have something to look forward to. That's what he is looking forward to, is going home to his heaven after he passes away. Some people need an idea of, okay, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 40, so I'm going to start this business. It's the same thing inside your head. You just go about it two different ways. Because you have to do a lot of things to get to both of those points. He has to pray a lot. He has to do, live right. He has to have a good moral standard. He has to do right by what the way, you know, the Bible has said. And the other guy has to do, hopefully, right by by the ethics and what the government's kind of laid out, which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the government. I th- I think Trying that- to mix religion and government, though, is... <clears throat> It's dangerous to start with. I, I think getting back, I, I think, I don't know if I made it clear or maybe I made it a big mashup, mix mash of it, but I, I don't want to argue with anybody about their beliefs. I, whatever your belief is, I want to encourage you to continue to believe in it yeah whether whether it's my belief or not 
you have the right to believe it and mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to continue to believe it. And and I want to be that's the only liberal thing about me. You know, like that's the only liberal thing about me. I you know, the rest of me I'm I'm pretty much a red state. You know, but I want to be able to be there for you. I've got the certifications, I've got the degrees, I've got the, I can counsel, I can listen. If you need to talk to me, I'd love to counsel you. You know, I'd love to yeah. be able, and I'd love to be able to be a, I'd like to be able to let people know that they can talk to me. You know, they, they could talk to me. It's not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to, this conversation, you know, what you say to me is confidential and it's not going anywhere else and I'm not going to. Well, this you know, one's going on the internet. Well, I'm sure. not talking about that. Yeah, this this one. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave out the part about me talking to my wife about lasagna. Yeah. Well, I mean, she can bring the lasagna. In. I, I fucking love lasagna. If you haven't noticed from this, it's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss many meals either. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's uh, it's real shitty that uh, politics and religion have to to it divides people because uh, I mean I think deep down inside we all just want to be able to talk to one another. Some people just say, "Well, because of the way you look," and this goes to both sides. Because I I mean I've I've seen the way like some of my grandparents' friends were. And they, I I remember those days for them. Uh, it used to be, it used to yeah. be people really cared. I mean, you couldn't go to a job interview unless you were clean shaven. If you had a tattoo, you had to make sure that you had them covered up if you were going to a job interview. God forbid you should have a nose ring or or, yeah. or a guy has an earring. But those days, that part of it, yeah. thank God, is gone. Like now, you go to a yeah. job interview, you could have a beard, you could have a nose ring, you could look how many. Like you know, you, you walk into a, a business like a like a Fortune 500 business, and the receptionist has like a, a lip ring and an eye ring and tattoos on her arm. Yeah, it's like we're so okay with it now. Yeah. Our grandparents must yeah. have my yeah my grandparents must have been terrible. They would look at anybody like that, and they would say, "Oh, you know, they're not going anywhere." And then, you know, next thing you know, they're like a CEO of some multi-million dollar business. It's like, well, yeah, maybe they went. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> you know, you never know. But, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just it it's the cliche, don't judge a book by its cover. It's got to be the dumbest thing that anyone's ever come up with. Because most people, whenever they go buy a book in a bookstore, they're looking at the covers. So, but the whole meaning behind that, I understand what they're trying to say. Like, sometimes our outer appearance just looks weird. I used to work uh, as a bouncer and I, you know, I have a pretty stern look, I think when it comes to a lot of the shit and everyone, they'd be like, man, you're a big guy. Yeah. You look like an asshole. I'm like, nah, man. One day I was giving somebody, uh, some fucking financial advice, uh, out in the smoke pit. Cause they were, they were like, yeah, I really, you know, this, um, uh, I've got invested into this 401k. And I was like, uh, you know, you probably should start looking into an IRA. If you can find a Roth IRA, you know, it's going to be a better alternative. Tax break, yeah. yeah. Uh, or if you can start looking into like Edward Jones or some of these investment companies um, to like kind of manage your uh, some of the portfolios. Yeah, the portfolios for the for the for Wall Street, which hopefully there's another person I want to do an interview with that I've, I've done before, but I've, I've screwed it up really bad. But I want to get him back on. He's in Austin. 
and he does uh it's kind of it works very similar to wall street but it's all uh insurance so everything is backed with insurance you have like living benefits with insurance but he's an insurance broker but there there's like a million different things now that insurance has that i had no idea that that uh i mean it almost makes it tempting to go buy if i had you know the extra money to go do it I'm I'm a broke bitch right now, so it, it <laughs> is. Believe me, I know. I spent a lot of money on <laughs> on all this shit. So once this is all paid off with, I can finally start doing some good stuff or better stuff. I can travel outside of the Texas, but right now, I mean, there's so many people in Texas that want to do these interviews that I'll be booked for a while. Oh, good, but and I really hope this go. I mean, like you know, the investment that you made. I watched you set this thing up it took almost an hour it's like uh, yeah i'm this is i hope you i wish you the best of luck i hope this thing goes like far i hope it does too but far and wide and and you know you keep yeah uh, 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 real quick i also did a little bit of acting when i was in florida they needed a bunch of bikers and the bikers that they had were drinking and messing up the so these film guys came over to our club and they said we're looking for bikers that will behave themselves on set because the last one they were drunk and they were blah, blah, blah. so we said that we're a club that doesn't do any drugs or alcohol you know so they said would you do this and so we said okay so it got me started in doing because so I was in a couple of uh, BL Striker episodes, and I was in a couple of Miami Vice episodes, and then even not as a biker, Miami Vice, they also had me play a pilot one time, they had me play a drug dealer one time, and then then there was another movie that they did in Florida called Welcome to Spring Break, a really B movie. I mean, terrible <laughs> B movie, Hor- a horror movie. And it was a horrible horror movie. But they asked us to come back and do that, so I had a part in that movie too. And I've done a couple of things. When I got here, I didn't think about doing it so much. Yeah. But I met a lady the other day who said to me, you got that look. We need that look. Can I, can I, can I get you some work? You do I did a couple of things like that hopefully and and that's what i'm saying like you know i'm hoping that you go far like she had me do this part for this movie that they, they they're gonna enter it into uh sundance or or you know austin city or whatever those whatever the film festival thing is they're gonna uh they're gonna enter it into one of the festivals and i'm thinking to myself i hope it goes far <laughs> because if that movie goes like I had a couple of decent lines in it so oh look there's that guy there's that that, that Ben Rubenstein guy <laughs> just what I was saying was I'm you know I hope what you're doing goes far you you know and it brings you all the fortune that you know you're hoping it does and I know how that feels is what I was trying to say about you know doing all that you know meeting that girl and her saying oh you gotta look we should do something and then she put me in that thing. If if you ever see a movie called Goldthwaite, coming out of Sundance or ACL, or it, it, they just did. It's not even edited, and you know that just, name sounds pretty with, familiar. Well, there was a Bob Goldthwaite who used to be a comedian. That's a yeah. They spelled it a little crazy. differently. They spelled it a little differently. They put an e at the end, I think, or whatever. But when was this? Just last month. Oh. Just, so it was down yeah. in Florida or here? Right here, right here. Oh right wow! Here. They they wanted me to they wanted me to play a truck driver. 
and a couple of lines as a truck driver. It started off that all I was supposed to do is walk in, put a Red Bull down on the counter, and the guy was deep in thought because he just lost his girlfriend and his brother just died and his house just burned down and his dog, it was like a, it was like a country western song, you know. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I'm supposed to put a Red Bull down and he's so deep in thought that he doesn't know what's going on and I went, yo, come on. That was, like they sent me nine pages of script and that was what my line was. <laughs> But they changed it when I got there, which was really cool. At first they said, here, we'll give you this cell phone, make-believe it's, you know, you're talking to your boss, and he wants you to go to Lubbock, and you don't want to go to Lubbock as you walk in. Okay. So I would walk in, and I'd say, Lubbock? I'm not going to Lubbock. My ex-wife is in Lubbock. And then they'd say, and they'd go, oh, that was great. Okay, let's do it again. And then I'd walk in, and I'd say, Lubbock? Your ex-wife is in Lubbock. My ex-wife is in Lubbock. We're not going to Lubbock. And the next time I do like different every single time. The sound guy said he was having a blast listening because every time I came up with something different. Yeah. So who knows if any of them are going to get used. But I'd like to find out if the, I'd like the movie to really make it big and Sundance win and get yeah. sep- you know sent all over. And then I'd be able to see which line they used. <laughs> so are you part of are you part of SAG? No, I never got say uh, I never got uh never did it. I've always been on a non union sets. No, I thought they just like automatically put you in or something whenever I'm you, SAG eligible. I just okay. never did. Yeah. I'm not gonna say anything about unions. I don't wanna <laughs> That's a rabbit hole. Oh boy. That's a deep rabbit hole. <clears throat> yeah, that's a uh, fun stuff. It's, it was fun. It was you know a- yeah, acting is fun. You know, it's uh, it's all about like putting yourself into somebody that you're normally not or somebody that you are, and you just come out as that person. <laughs> the funny part about it is, for so many years, they kept having me as a biker. That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> this this didn't happen overnight, okay? I don't know. I don't know if you've realized or not. This, this doesn't just happen overnight. So it was, it was funny, but then you know, doing those other things and uh, it was kind of fun. I like doing that stuff. There's nothing wrong with being happy with it. It's like, and the other, you know, like uh, I, I can go to my IMD bait. My IMDb page now. It's like you know, oh, and see all fucking of, famous, see, famous. See, you ever see all my uh, see all my uh, acting credits? Yeah, that's a hell of a story, hey, man. Cool. You've been through some crazy shit. I said I was pretty colorful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to come from. I mean Queens isn't. Uh, that's actually where my uh, the the people I was telling you about earlier that that brought me in whenever I was younger. That's where their family's from is Queens. It's 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 middle class. We were lower middle class, but we were middle class. Yeah. I'm the firstborn. My parents used to joke that they made their mistakes on me. <laughs> when my parents died, they died about eighty days apart. My dad died, and eighty days later, my mom died. And we went to the fu- I went up to New York for the funeral. And when I was there, my, my sister came up and she said, somebody said to her, uh, you know, were you your, your dad's favorite because you were the only girl? And my sister said, I got to tell you a story. I was my dad's favorite because I was a girl. 
and Bam was my dad's favorite because he was the firstborn, and Mark was my dad's favorite because they both worked at the news, and Neil was my, <laughs> so my dad never had a favorite. But Neil said something that was real interesting. He said, we're so far apart that we had different parents. Yeah. It's like, Bam was born first, and they really did treat him differently. I was beaten. I was, every time I acted up, I got a strap or a, or a wire brush, or my mom used to use this Mr. Met souvenir baseball bat on me, and sometimes, one time she used the wire hairbrush, and she used, she used the wires, and then she had to call her sister and say, I think I made a mistake. He's got a hundred little bloody balls on his leg. So they made their mistakes on me. So when they all went around talking about it, so my sister said, oh, they're favorites. And my brother was saying, you know, we all had different parents, you know, because it was, you know, they made the mistakes. And Mark, was he, he talked about it. I said, do you want to say anything? And I said, no, I don't want to say anything. I just want to remember him for the good things because if I said things, I would say things like I just said, you know, like yeah. he beat me. You don't say that at the funeral of, of you know, your dad's funeral, that sometimes he could be a fucking asshole, you know. I miss him. I love him. Yeah. But so my upbringing was what it was, you know. It was like, yeah. So, and that might have steered me towards some of these things, you know. So yeah, I had a very, I have a very colorful, very colorful life. Uh, in those situations, <laughs> I just go by my uh, mantra: of, "Shit happens." Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, it definitely fucking sucks, man. But that, I didn't know any better. I didn't know that really it was wrong. I, I didn't really know it was wrong. I uh, didn't know there was a different way. Yeah, that's what I was used to. You know, I don't think most of us do until I think most vets are. You know, somebody come from a broken home or had the shit beat out of them. Um, but everybody has, like, a different story how they had the hell beat out of them. One thing I do know is that most of us have these electric cords like this that they got their fucking ass beat with. That, and at least the newer generations, I don't know how, what they had them whenever you were a kid. Like, if they had anything close to this. But those things fucking hurt. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, wire. I, wire I, my mom hit me with a wire hanging. Yo, those are my father. Those are terrible. Time, my father one time came home had a broken arm, and he was pissed off at me about something, and he pulled off. You, you can always tell, like they, how they figure. You know, dads they grab the belt and they could pull it out in one pull. You know, and he went to smack me with the belt that I put on my arm, and he hit it so hard that he broke the cast. With but, the buckle. I don't with the strap swinging it so oh. hard that it just like just like cracked it a little bit, and he got so pissed at me for blocking the blow, that then he hit me and tossed me over my bed. So like I know what getting beaten as a kid is. Yeah, but that wasn't always what they did. We had fun. My father was funny. You know. Yeah. We grew up in the, everyone laughed. You know. And they made them, like my brother said, they made their mistakes on him because he was the firstborn. They yeah. didn't know better. They didn't know better. I didn't know better. But, you know, that kind of comes back around to what you were seeing with your, um, with your, what is it, BS? Is that what they give you for your, for the undergrad as a BS? So, for social work? Yeah. It was a BSW, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, 
something like that, you um, whenever if somebody does come talk to you, you can say, "Well, this is what I was taught in school, but this is what I can speak on from my personal my experience." experience. And, and, I, and I think it goes the, a long way. And I think that the paper that I wrote when I became a rabbi about what may, what why I would make a great rabbi is because of everything. I'm my, my colorful background. Yeah. Because of getting beaten, because of stealing, because of getting arrested, because of spending time in jail, because of going to Yeshiva University seminars, because of going through Hebrew school and after school and and Hebrew high school and Bronx high school of science. And, you know, there was so much good and so much bad, you know, and I was the good, the bad and the ugly. That was me. I think every stereotype of any kind of Jewish person that they've ever put on TV. I just blew it. Yeah. I just okay. Blew it. Wait, well, you gotta, you gotta tell them. I don't. So there's a, we have a dragon head back here. And then there's a bunch of Caymans. I came in crocodiles. You gotta tell us about this whole shit. He was telling me about this before I can't, uh, before while I was setting everything up. So explain, I, used to, yeah. I used to rescue Cayman. I, I don't rescue them. Rescue them like like people rescue dogs, but yeah, like people for rescue crocodiles. Dogs, but it doesn't have but it doesn't have fur. All right. So here's what happened. Somebody gave me a Cayman once. I liked it. I had a great time. When I got a little bit older, I wanted another one. So I went around, I looked, I looked, I looked, I looked. I found somebody who wanted to get rid of theirs because they were going away to college and they didn't know what to do with it. So I got it. Then I get a phone call from somebody who says, listen, I heard that you got a Cayman, that you're able to take care of them. My mother doesn't want me to have it anymore. She needs me to get rid of it. Will you get it from, Would you take it? So I went and got it. Then you get a phone call from uh, a guy who says, you know, it was cute when it was six inches, but now it's three feet and we're afraid of it. Can you come and get it? And one turned to two and two turned to four and four turned to 12. And, and then I was rescuing Cayman all over the country from people who would call up and say, hey, are you the Cayman guy? Yeah, I'm the Cayman guy. Can you... my?" It's four feet long, and I'm afraid of it, and I had to tape its mouth closed, and I haven't untaped it, and it's been taped for three weeks now, and I'm afraid to feed it, and, and I'd get all sorts of weird stories, and some of these pictures you might even see. I don't know if they're up there. I don't know if any of the bad ones are up there. But we got one where they, they kept the heat lamp right on the metal frame and they only had a metal they only had the 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 cage for the cayman like this big so we had a big burn mark on his back we had one like that we had one where they taped his mouth and left the tape for a year so when we took the tape off like the skin was falling apart it had mouth rod its teeth were coming off his teeth that might be one of them that's up there right now I don't know if I can get over to that side. Maybe you can. Can you see this? This this first came in here. This one. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. See the way the front tooth is sticking so far forward. This way. Yeah, because the mouth rot was so bad that just the jaw was like bad. This one is was sticking that way. This one was sticking that way. This one is coming that way. I mean, I mean, like they're all like in different areas. That it, it died eventually, but so I used to rescue. I used to go around the country and rescue came in. How does it survive a 
How does it survive a year without dying? They can go a year without eating. They can go a year without eating and if they had good enough food, you know, ahead of that. But we had to start it off slowly. You know, the first couple of times, <laughs> first couple of times, we had to brush its teeth with a salve to, to try to, you know, fix its mouth up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so it would, like, try to do, you know, and then... Then you would feed it by hand, you know, like put it down, make sure you force it down its throat. But then one day, we got this long toothbrush, and I was brushing his teeth, and all of a sudden he went, and we said, I think he's better now. (laughs) (laughs) So we were able to add him to the rest of the home, and and then he just died. He died of old age or something, whatever. That's but crazy. We had them. Those those are all the heads from some of them that never didn't make it. You know, yeah. some of them just didn't make it. Yeah, and we had a lot of them. You can see from the picture up there that the, the that picture in the middle there of him of the one eating the mouse that was actually the last time I ever fed them by hand because I had the mouse in my hand and I would dangle it. And he reached up and grabbed the mouse. Might have been that one. Might have been the next one. But he reached up and grabbed the mouse and and took half the mouse with him and left the other half with a tail still hanging in my hands. And I thought to myself, "Yeah, I probably am getting too close to their mouths." <laughs> <laughs> What's their uh, by force? Fifteen hundred, I think. Yeah, but they no, have, no, 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 3,500. It's 3,500 pounds per square inch. But they have no opening power at all. Right. It's all enclosing. Yeah. They could slam it down at 3,500 um, pounds per square Now, the Cayman are considered the third most aggressive crocodilian species behind the Nile crocodile and the Salty from Australia. Mm-hmm. The Nile and the Salty get to be 18, 20 feet long. Cayman don't grow more than six feet. So to be six feet and to be the third most aggressive, you know they were nasty. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. were nasty. Are they indigenous to Florida? No, South America. Really? But people used to bring them in because back in those days, people would bring them in because they were so cheap. There were so yeah. many of them. You could bring them in. You could sell them for $25 a piece. And people thought they were so cute. They're this big. Look at these. So, yeah, you can see the little ones over there. Oh, look. I think one of them, you can see where the fingers are holding the tail. Yeah. Look how cute he is. He's this big. He's so cute. Oh, look. He's holding my, he's holding my finger. You know, blah, blah, blah. This is so cute. And it's like... Now he's three feet, and yeah. he just took half the, you know, he just ripped the, he just ripped the chicken in half. What do I do now, you know? And I used to get the call. I used to get the call for that. So the Cayman Rescue. Florida's a, a, weird a lot place. of them. Were fun. Yeah, a I lot mean, of them. Because they, they're, they're the ones that brought the iguanas over, and now they're an invasive species. Same thing with the pythons. Yeah, people are letting pythons loose, and now they're killing all the yeah alligators. It's terrible. Which is... Look, I'm you got an animal and you don't want it anymore, find a rescue. Yeah. There's a rescue for every type of animal. I did crocodilians. I know a guy who does rattlesnakes. There's a, there is... There was a guy in Oklahoma that did tigers. <laughs> the tiger, <laughs> there is a rescue for... You got an animal, you don't want it, don't kill it. Don't let it loose somewhere that it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Don't starve it to death. Find a rescue. The, the rescue will take it 
and they won't care that it's underfed or over whatever. You yeah. know, we will take them. We will ta- we will take them. And there's a rescue for everything: snakes, crocodiles, tigers. This is a rescue. Wasn't there? A, I think I saw a picture of like this really fat alligator or crocodile. It, it had to be a. I don't know. It might have been an alligator. I don't know, but uh, they were like giving it chickens, uh, kind of like a, as a sacrifice to you know say thank you. But this alligator was obese. Oh, but it was I, the only time I've ever seen an overweight alligator. I don't. I don't know. It's possible. When you when you came up my driveway, you saw the three alligators in there. Yeah. So people, I, I, I don't know if you can see the table over there, but that's all filled with alligator stuff also. Yeah. Like when I was when I was doing it, all of my friends they would anytime they saw anything that was alligator related, they would send it to me videos and so, so I, it's possible that I've seen it and I don't remember. But everyone used to send me. They used to send me crocodiles and videos and videos of jaguars eating caiman and snakes eating alligators and alligators eating uh, and crocodiles eating lions whatever it is, it is nature cds too yeah i got this one i was riding a motorcycle down the highway one day i happened to pass a black truck that was just waxed and polished and I went, wow, that tattoo looks really pretty good. I'm going to have to get one for the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I got two of these. <laughs> they look pretty damn good. And, and, uh, and yeah, a lot of Jews don't have tattoos. Yeah, and a lot I've of, noticed that. And very few rabbis have them. I'm, 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 I'm not your typical rabbi. I'm... Sometimes that's what you need. Uh, and, and that's why I think that I do a good job, no matter who hired me. Somebody out there, if there's somebody out there who needs a rabbi, <laughs> I need a pulpit. You think you're, um, you're pretty satisfied with your life up to this point? Wow. Now, now that we've talked about wow. everything that you've, you've said and you've been through, I mean, you've done... A lot of good. You've done a lot of bad, but you've done a lot of good. Have I done enough good to make up for the bad? I wonder that sometimes. But you're a rabbi. You should know who's going to judge you. Yeah, when I get to when I get to the door. And it, it's what's in your heart, and at this point in your heart. When I, I get to the door, is, is he going to put all the shit on a scale and go, well, you did this, but you did this. Okay, come on in. Or is he going to say... You haven't even begun to take care of what you did. I, I don't know. I hope. I think you just. Feel, I hope I've done good. I think you just feel more guilty about what you've done, but I think your goods probably impacted more people subsequently than you could probably ever imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's true. I really hope that's true. I think yeah, man. I mean, look at you know, even with the with the hikes, we would have never met each other. We would have never had this conversation, but. I mean, now, especially, you know, this, I don't know how many people this will go out to, hopefully a thousand, but you never know. Be nice. Be nice. Um, but, I mean, you've had, you haven't let life just beat the shit out of you, and you've really got to, you're living it. Every time I get knocked down, I get right back over. Yeah, it, it, it hurts. Yeah. 
life hurts, but you've had... And have, have I been here at 3 o'clock in the morning, sitting on the couch, thinking to myself, what's the use? Yeah. Sometimes. You but know, but you we know, all do what's that. Real in- yeah. It's real interesting, though, is after that one time that I tried to kill myself before I got clean... And that one time after when I first had the PTSD, when it first hit me, since those times, I've thought about, I've thought about suicide hurting. So that's why I don't want to do it. I've become a fucking chicken. It's like putting a gun in my mouth. I bet that's going to hurt. You know, or, or putting a rope around my neck. I don't want my my daughter to come over here and find me with shit in my pants, and I bet you it's gonna hurt. So I'm a pretty big chicken these days. I'm it's thinking mostly like, the shit in the pants, though. That's yeah, what gets mostly you. the yeah. shit in the pants. Well, I, m- much worse shit in the pants in my front yeah. of my daughter than you know anything else. I'm just gonna drink a cup of coffee before. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> that dark humor. I, I don't want anybody. Yeah, I don't, I don't want them to hear the sounds my stomach makes. I don't know, but yeah. I, I, so I think. I don't think I don't think about killing myself anymore. I don't think about suicide anymore. So yeah, I guess my life is pretty good. You know, I, I think I'm doing I think I'm doing the right thing. You know, I used to volunteer at a, at a different veterans organization. I used to go up there two, three times a week, show people around, introduce them to other people, try to cook them up with whatever it is they need. If they needed a banker, uh, you know, the place had a banker. They could talk to a, a, a you know a financial guy. Uh, the place had a shrink. If you needed to, see, you know, I'd get your name on the list so you could go see a shrink. So I did a lot of stuff about, for veterans. I'm a, I'm a life member of the Jewish War Veterans of the United States. I used to do a bunch of stuff for them. Uh, four times a year, the JWV sends care packages to to troops that are deployed. Mm-hmm. Uh, four times a year. So I, I used to be involved in making sh- get finding names of guys who are in the military so that we could send a care package yeah. because the government stopped doing the two soldier, you know, or two marine. You yeah, have to have a that. name now. You know, they stopped doing where you could just send it to yeah. any Marine. They so, would just put them in these big-ass cardboard boxes yep. and then Anybody, send them over. Right, but they, now you have to have a name. So I used to go around trying to find names of people. Hey, you you, you, you got a brother who's deployed? Give me his name. You got a sister? You, give, me his, give, me, give me her name. Your cousin's deployed? Give me give me their name, you know. And let me... So I used to bring names. So I used to make sure that, you know, we sent out, you know... I, they they would say what do people want what what, what the Jewish war veterans we know what, we we know for war veterans we know yeah. what, we we know what the soldiers want so under on deodorant and socks <laughs> <laughs> and uh, two hustler magazines and, and and dirty and dirty magazines. But, we, but, they don't but even the Jewish war veterans. Yeah, they're, they, they I don't they're, yeah. <laughs> Hey, we love you, but we don't love you that much. We're not gonna we're not gonna break our fucking faith and shit. So I, I, we're gonna we're gonna send you a couple razors. And 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 that, yeah yeah and then and then and then doing this with the reverend warriors, you know, going on hikes and making myself available and and wanting to be 
available. Wanting, I want, yeah. I want to be, I want people, I want, I would love for IW to know that I was available, that yeah. you can come and, and I'll talk to you, you know, I'll, whatever you need, you know, whatever I can do. You know, I can't give you money, but I'll talk yeah. to you. I'll talk to you. You want some counseling before you get married? You, you want you want me to officiate your wedding? You know, yeah. Whatever, whatever you want. I want to be able to do that. I want to keep being able to give back. I can't run into burning buildings anymore. I'm certainly not running towards the gunfire anymore. See, but that that's where, you know, going back to what, what I was asking you, you keep finding other ways to keep providing help for people. You're not, you haven't given up. They're like, that's, no, that's that's the most admirable thing that anyone can ever do, because once you give up, I mean, you've lost the war within and we've already been in some other war that was some bullshit that, you know, has caused whatever. Or if you had to go do some, you know, having to pull fucking people out of burning cars or I don't know, watching or getting the shit beat out of you when you were a kid. If you just give up, you let all of that win. And I'm so stubborn and petty when it comes to that shit that, like, if depression wants to, if if depression's coming after me, it's going to have to get its ass up and actually do something because I ain't fucking, I've done my fair share of suicide attempts. Like, I'm not, I I think there are too many people out here to where the quality of life that we have could be so much better and it's all about just having a, a open and honest conversation with somebody that uh, sometimes it just takes talking to a stranger because that stranger or talking to somebody that's not going to judge you. Yeah. And I, well, I mean, that's what, you know, in the sense of a stranger, if you, if it's just like somebody you're sitting on next to a train with, or if you're like, yeah, man, you know, is it cool if I fucking talk to you? I'm just hypothetically saying, you know, the, you know, tell them whatever. And then, have it be but i think more people would be willing to do that than to go talk to one of their friends or family that haven't been through the same shit as they have because they're afraid of judgment they don't want people to look at them any worse than they already look at themselves because we're 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 our own worst critics and it's so funny that they're willing to say, well, you know, I'm not going to go get my VA disability or any of that shit because somebody's had it worse than me. But then they'll sit there and say, well, you know, uh, I'm just going to sit here and let this shit fester within me, but not think, well, maybe my shit might be worse than somebody else's. That thought never crosses their mind. I try real hard not to push like that superiority shit no you know? no i mean like if somebody else was to look at them and say oh their shit's worse than mine well you might be that person for somebody else yeah so if you were if you were to tell somebody that has had it worse than you or whatever you deem but yeah. you know also we're we're the type of people that we don't like asking for help yeah we're not the we're not the Acres, we're the givers. That's why we have to have a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, we have to find. Yeah, I I think we definitely need to find. Symbiotic means that you work together. Together. Yeah. 
We need to find that. Yeah, we definitely need to find that because we're the like you know I I, t- I was talking to somebody the other day and, and I guess I did go a little bit off on like you know I said um, I used to be that guy that guy I was yeah. the guy that ran into the burning building I was the guy that came out with the baby I was the guy that saved the you know I was the guy that ran towards the gunfire I was the guy that put the bandages on even though there was people ge- being shot around me I don't I was the guy who ran you know climbed up on top of that that I I was the guy I was that guy that guy you know yeah. that guy you watch Bruce Willis do it on television but I was that guy I was that guy but I'm not anymore I can't do any of those things anymore I can't run so I'm definitely not running into any burning buildings I can't stand up very long, so I'm definitely not going to be carrying any babies out. You know, I yeah. can't. So, so, so now all of a sudden, you know, like the the the, the back room that you went through the pantry. Mm-hmm. I built that when we first moved in. I was, I built that. I my wife wanted a pantry. I built her a pantry. I never finished it. I didn't paint it or anything. But I put up the four walls. I put up the ceiling. I put everything together. Yeah. I hooked up the electric. I built. A, you know, put a door in there, and you know, and I put shelves on the wall so she could put anything. Then next to that, there's another little room that I built it on to make a little media room. Now since she moved out and took the television, it's just been sitting there with seats and nothing. And on the other side of that is a storage room. That's where I got the stuff that I've been taking out of the garage and trying to put in there so I could put my, my vehicle into the garage. I've been wanting to do that. So, so, but then I got to the point where I did that stuff, but there's more I want to do. Was that my doorbell? Mm-hmm. There was more I want to do, but I can't do. I can't do stuff. I can't do it because... I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. So, so, how do I say to you, I need help? You know, we don't know how to do that. And how that, I think, is the biggest problem. How do you suggest it? I don't know, man. Mm. I don't know. What a uh, conundrum. I, You know, it's funny because I did go online the other day, and I did say something about the fact that I was... You know, every time I got in and around in my truck in the rain, I got mud all over everything. Yeah. And Josh Comfort called up and said, hey, do you want me to come over and fix this? That's great. Yeah, I'd love it. Can you do that? Would you, would you do that? Can you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got nothing to do tomorrow. I'll come on over. So it's, it's, we need to learn how to say help. We need to learn how to say help. I don't know how to how to do that. Yeah, I don't know how to either. And I feel bad about it a lot of times too, because somebody says, "Listen, I can do this for you." It's like I can't, you know, I can't, I can't give you anything in return. I, I don't, I, I, you know. So that's why I think sometimes, like, did I do enough? Like, I helped all those people then, or I did all of this then, or I helped these people then. But what have you done for me lately? What have I done for you lately, is what I'm thinking. But it doesn't always matter what you do for somebody else. I mean, sometimes we've done enough. I mean, that's kind of where the whole theory of karma comes in. Well, I hope that I've paid it forward enough. Yeah. I hope that... But that at 62 years old, now I can start enjoying somebody else helping me. But also, let's say, like, uh, you needed your deck rebuilt or something. 
and you have like 10 people come over, that's an event that those people get to share and get to know each other more. That's not at a hike or that's not somewhere else. They're just there doing something and they did it because of a shared experience. Well, now they're going to have something else to talk about. That could be the beginning of another friendship. I mean, that's how these things are supposed to work, you know? I hope it does, and I hope that I'm a part of that. I hope that I've... I went to the dentist the other day, and he kept me waiting all fucking day long. I was so fucking pissed. The VA dentist up there. And when I left... Finally, like it was, I got there at like eight o'clock in the morning at one, two thirty in the afternoon. Finally, he comes. He says, "Okay, come on, let me take a look." Okay, so you need to come back tomorrow morning. I've been here all day, and now I need to come back. How come you couldn't tell me that at eight thirty this morning, so I could have caught the bus back to the, you know, whatever. What, you know, how come? How come I have to? So I told them. So I wrote a letter to the to the director. I said, "Listen, I'm sixty two years old. I already did my service. I spent my time. I got hurt." I probably don't have a, a lot of years left. I'm 62 years old. I probably don't have a lot of years in front of me. He's young. He's smart ass. He's got his whole life in front of him. And he thinks his time is more important than anybody else's. It's not. My time should be more important. My time is more important. I have less of it left. He's got plenty of time to do whatever the hell he wants to do. I don't. I don't have that time anymore. I got, you know, a couple of years left. I don't know what, but... I think my time is more important. I think my time is more important. And maybe that's what it is that we're, maybe I just need to, I don't know. I don't know. I see what you're saying. Is my my time important enough? Did I do enough? Did I do enough? Did I pay it forward enough that now I can spend what little time I have left Letting the next person pay it forward using me as the. I don't know. I mean, I see what you're saying. It's not. I wouldn't even look at it as paying it forward. You're just. Just doing the right thing. Trying to. And I think you've done. I think you've been going on about it the right way for a while. I hope so. I hope so. And I mean, that's the whole thing about having faith, right? Is um, you just have to have faith in in the process. Of I what hope you're doing. that I've done enough that when I die, a couple of people will show up at the funeral. I, I'm pretty sure you would have quite a few people at this point to show up to your funeral, whether we uh, whether we're drinking there or not. I mean, it's two different stories, but you never know. It'd be nice to have a call. It'd be nice to have a you know people say, "Yeah, I remember him." What well, we'll you, have what this. What do you remember about me, though? We'll have this. Yeah. As long as the internet survives, I mean, it'll always be on my hard drive. So, yeah. if anyone ever needs it, but uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess it's time to start wrapping this. Bad yeah, boy absolutely. Up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I talked my ass off. I talked no. so much. I finished a bottle of water. It was a so it was a good conversation. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me at your house. Well, th- uh, thanks for having me on your yeah. show, man. This is this is good. I like. Yeah, this. I think this is going to be a good one, man. I hope I hope this uh, 
Wow. I hope it takes off. I hope the, the, the world fucking, gets to... Look, man, we're not, we're not trying to be, like, famous or anything. That's that's not the goal, but, I mean, it does... For this to grow as big as it needs to, like, that's just a, a consequence of, of what's going to happen. Just like if any money rolls into it. But we're not... Like, the part that we're looking at, it's not about monetary. Like, we... Like, my whole mission in life now is just to help as many veterans as I can. So I'm not looking to be... Uh, you know, just wealthy. I, I want to have like a decent house, and I want to have like a decent car. Right. But, but I like want to re- be able to pay my bills. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking to go buy a, a you know two fucking yachts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to have enough to where, like, we're able to provide new things for veterans, and we're able to do things to go help veterans, and we can get together, or we can you know bring special guests like celebrities out to some of these hikes or. <laughs> Because sometimes, you know, that's what, you know, it brings vets out. But it's because, it, you know, it's another experience you get to have. Like, you know, I, that's really what life's all about. It's the experiences. That's what you're going to remember at the end of the day. I'll remember this. I will remember this as well. Cause <laughs> Thank I'm you gonna, very much. Whenever I, I get home, it. I'm going to have to edit it for, like, <laughs> at least two hours. I so. gave you a lot of crap to have to edit through, too. Didn't oh, I? <laughs> I love it, though. It's going to be awesome. Uh, well, thank you very much, yeah. man. I really Do you, appreciate uh, it. You want to give, like, a shout-out to any kind of nonprofits or – Anybody you might know, maybe the um, uh, was it the Jewish Jewish War, war Veterans? veterans or I'm, I'm a or member of Jewish War Veterans. DFW. I'm a member of uh, the DAV. The DAV does a good job, does okay. good work. They got me from sixty percent to ninety percent. So D- yay, DAV, and definitely Reverend Warriors. I mean, oh man, like just like m- the people that you meet. Yeah, never have met you if it wasn't. You know, yeah, I would have never Reverend, met you if it wasn't for I think Reverend Warren. I don't remember if it was the IW hike last year that we met or not, but it. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, because we picked you up uh, in that uh, that one stupid fucking area underneath the bridge. There was that, no yeah, yeah construction. I, I couldn't get yeah. my my wheelchair. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking whenever they did that one little area, but yeah, but I mean that was like. That, honestly, that was one of the reasons why I fell in love with IW. Right, right then and there, when I watched like like six or eight of us just come up come there, and pick w- up the wheelchair before you could even say anything, they picked you up and they moved you around. Yeah, and I was like, like that's that's the brotherhood yeah. that I love. That's the brotherhood that that I've missed. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's it's just a hodgepodge of, of veterans. It's n- there's not. I mean, it's like sixty percent Marine Corps, but. The rest of it is just everybody else, and they just love other vets. Air Force. Uh, who? <laughs> I'm Air Force. Is that, I don't know. What do you guys say? I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't think we had anything to say. Yes, sir, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, yes, Kevin, can I help you? <laughs> but, yeah, man, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Let, let me just say this one thing. Before we stop, yeah, say just it. one thing. I went in 77. <laughs> Vietnam had just ended. When I went in in 1977, we were still training the way they were training for Vietnam because that's all they knew. Yeah. We still went through the obstacle course. We still had to go through uh, uh, rifle training and, 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 and qualifications. We still had to do the running. We still had to do all this stuff. We had the black combat, the heavy-duty, black, heavy-duty, heavy combat boots. We still did all of that st- same stuff. The leather black ones that... <laughs> I don't know when it became the chair force. I re- I was already out of it by then. I don't know when it became four star studded hotels and 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 the nineties. I don't know, but no. I was out already. I was out already. 
Yeah. When I was in, we didn't have. When we, when I was in, we actually had to do some work. Hey, I've met some pretty cool ass <laughs> Air Force cats, man. They're not all the stereotypes make it out to be. I mean, even the guys we were in Iraq with, they were pretty cool. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll, let you, I'll like, let you go. Like, and Nick, he was Air Force, and that guy was pretty badass. So was uh, I think Paris was too. Yeah. Paris Bilford. Yeah. I think it's his last name, Bilford. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he was telling me some funny ass shit about Sears School once. It was fucking. I, I want. I want. I'll share it with you whenever we get out of this. But yeah. Okay. 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 He's a he's a funny ass dude, man. I love that guy. I, I really. But the uh, Air Force, we actually did stuff when I was in service, you know, so. Yeah. My grandfather was in, uh, in the Air Force. He was part of the program that eventually became the CIA. Wow. Yeah. Cool. He was fucking stupid smart, but uh, I really didn't get to talk to him that much, so I really mm-hmm. don't know. But, yeah, I mean, he used to carry these little books around. That It was like a Italian, French, and some other language, but. He was always flying around places and so he had to talk to people. Yeah, just in case. Wow. Yeah, and he was mathematically just a genius. Cool. He was my my step grandfather, so that that didn't pass down. <laughs> <laughs> that gene yeah. didn't come over to your nah, side. <laughs> I wish it did, but uh, yeah. Thank you, man. Thank, thank you so much. Thanks. It's thanks been, a lot. Yeah, man. it's been thanks a pleasure. We're gonna go ahead and end this thing. Uh-huh. But, uh, so if you guys get a chance, if you want to help support us, all you have to do is just go like, subscribe, share, get the word out about us. I mean, you know, we're just here talking. It's free. You don't have to do anything else besides click a couple of buttons. Um, and hopefully this message gets spread out to somebody that you know, that you love, that you care about. And uh, you'll see more of these coming out pretty soon. Um, let me take a quick moment to say this. Uh, also... We're not supported by Hotel Tango Distilleries, but if you get a chance, you should really go try out their bourbon, and maybe eventually they'll come sponsor us. But <laughs> if you want to talk about a really good bourbon, Hotel Tango, very smooth, aged two years. I want to say it's like 60%, but it's a really, really good product. Um, they have a whole whole line. They have their reserve bourbon. They have their gin. They have their vodka, their pride vodka, limoncello, orange cello. Um, they have nine different products, so uh, anything that you want, I mean, they probably have. So if you get a chance to go check them out, go check them out. Um, we have a website called thevetstruggle.com if you want to go check us out there. Um, and we have uh, all social medias, The Vet Struggle. So if you get a chance to go check us out on any of those, just go share, like, subscribe. Keep the word out about us, and eventually this thing will kick off, and hopefully one day we can go interview you or maybe somebody you know. But ultimately, the goal is to try to reach those people who have had very similar stories or feel like they're alone to feel like they're not alone anymore by telling these stories from all of these other people. So we love you. Uh, Hopefully we'll see you in, I don't know, the next episode. But you guys have a good day.